We are back, and it's Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com. We're now speaking with Mike McMahon, College Hockey Insider. Read his substack. It's great every week. Fantastic stuff. So we're going to talk about this entire year, our drafted players in college hockey. And we're going to start off right at the top with Rutger McGrady from Michigan, Winnipeg Jets, first round pick 14th overall in 2022 because of his ridiculous start. He has nine points in four games. Like, that's crazy. And I'm, look, I'm not terribly surprised at all he's being successful in college hockey. Main thing is because of his work ethic. Great attitude, excellent work ethic, and he makes great choices. There are players out there in college hockey who make really good decisions and not necessarily the best choices. But he makes great choices. He always pays the price, takes hits to make plays, willing to block shots, goes to the net hard, takes punishment, goes to the corners and get pucks. Those are the types of choices that turn you into an NHL player. Mike, you know, I know it's early in four games, but – what have you seen out of Rutger that's really impressed you? Well, I, I think they were going to lean on him to fill a bigger role, right? Obviously, Adam Pantilli was gone. Yeah. Mackie Samusic average signed. So it's easy in the preseason to say, well, this guy is going to have a big year because he's going to have an increased role. He's going to be, he's going to be the go-to guy. It's easy, and I, and I do it too. Like when you look at the preseason, you, you kind of prognosticate and think that that's what's going to happen to a player. But that player still needs to seize that opportunity, and not all of them do. And what we've seen so far from Rutgers is that he has absolutely sees that opportunity. A little bit of a different player. I think he's, you know, probably more in the Fantilli mode than the Sam Miscavige mode in terms of style of play. But but he's his own player in his own right. Like you said, does everything well. Like he's that type of guy that uh, I think is going to be really successful as a pro, even early on as a pro, because you've got some guys that like if, if they're not playing in your top six, what are you going to do with them? You really can't play him anywhere and He can else. play anywhere. He could play anywhere. So like he if he gets into the NHL as a 21 year old and you got to put him on your third and fourth line, he can play that way for and a year we'll play or two. And until, we'll do it gladly. Yeah, and 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 then until he's ready to be in your top six. So that's why uh, what I think is most intriguing about him as a pro is you know last year not that he took a back seat he was still fourth in that team in scoring last year but you know Finn Tilly was the driver for sure and Sam Miskevich was kind of the driver. And Luke Hughes, you know, defensively was definitely a driver. He was kind of that that second layer of scoring. They're definitely going to look to him to be that driver this year, him and Gavin Brindley in particular probably. Um, but it's not everybody embraces that role. He's embraced that role wholeheartedly. And we've seen nine points in four games here to start. Let's talk about a Detroit Red Wings prospect, fourth round, 114th overall in 2021 in Red Savage, Michigan State. One of the things that really impressed me, particularly when I watched him at the World Juniors, is that he's not the highest skill set of a player, doesn't have the elite hockey sense, top-end hockey sense, but he's really smart. What I like about him is great habits. Like, he doesn't take shifts off. He, like, does all the right things on the ice in terms of off-puck play, angles, like, puck battles, gets a stick in lanes, like plays with a pace, um, engages, battles hard, like very much of a player that I think could be a really good third, could be a third liner in the NHL. That's what I see from him. And I think he just needed an opportunity 
to sort of expand upon his offensive role. And then if you look at what he's done so far, you know, he's only played four games, but he's got seven points. And I think maybe that change from, you know, Miami to Michigan state and getting an opportunity just was a, a fresh breath of air for him in his third year. Sometimes guys need that too. I mean, that the Miami program, they've had a nice start to the year, but they struggled in the two years that he was there and that can wear on, on a player. It can wear on a team. Uh, I think the move to Michigan State is going to be good for his development on on a number of levels. Uh, If that's his career projection as a pro, like you said, uh, it's going to help him to go up against better players in practice every single day. Uh, When you look at some of the guys that they brought in through the transfer portal, through some of their, their, I mean, we talked about uh, Artem Leshnoff last week, Uh, you know, he's potentially a top five pick as a defenseman. He's got to go up against that guy every day in practice. Uh, so it, it's going to help him, I think, just to be around better players uh, in terms of his developing his offensive game, but also developing the defensive side of his game, too, because he's going to have to compete with those guys every single day. It's not just going to be who he's competing with on the weekend because the NCH is a really good league. You know, yeah. it's not just going to be who he's competing with on the weekend, but I think those other five days, Monday to Friday, when you're on the ice for an hour and a half, two hours with your team every day. Being at Michigan State, just up against better players with a really good coaching staff, I think it's going to do a lot for his development in a number of areas. Yes, certainly. You know, and he's going to be have to be the man. One of the men, yeah. top guys offensively. They're going to lean on him for that. You know, it's just a different type of pressure for him. And pressure, obviously, is always internal. And, you know, that's on that individual. But looking at what he did at the World Juniors, looking at what he did, you know, in previous tournaments, I just think he – his work ethic and his habits are going to really help him because he's going to be consistent. I think that's going to make a big difference in that respect. Uh, the third person we want to talk about and player we want to talk about is Seamus Casey, uh, Michigan as well as his teammate Riker, but New Jersey Devils draft pick. And he was second round 46th overall in 2022. Not the biggest guy, but smart and capable. One of the things I like about him is yes. I mean, he can put up offensive numbers. He did it last year. He's obviously starting off in a really, you know, got six points in four games as a defenseman this year. But what I'm really looking to him is his defensive capabilities, his defensive habits. Because he's not a big, bigger guy, he's got to gap up smart. He's got to take smart angles. He's got to keep his feet moving. Uh, you know, he has to engage and understand how to battle against bigger guys more consistently, get in on their hands, get in on their stick. You know, those kind of things. Uh, Thoughts on what you've seen so far this season from him, and can he take his defensive game to another level? I agree. I I think he's going to, and I think he has to, because uh, they're going to rely on him. He played a lot of minutes last year, but I think they're going to rely on him for even more minutes this year. Uh, because just like McGroy sliding into a kind of what the Fantilli role was a year ago, and no one's going to completely fill that role. Uh, Casey's kind of sliding into the Luke, Luke, Luke Hughes role, excuse me, a little bit too, uh, in the sense that he's going to demand more minutes. And he played in every situation last year. He played a ton of minutes last year. But now, it, it, again, it's also that added pressure, like we talked about with Savage, where you're the guy. There is no bat like you need to be our top defenseman. Yes, we have a lot of really other, of, of other really good defensemen on our roster, but we're really going to look to you, lean on you to be that top guy. Which means not only do we need you to do what you do with the puck. He had over 100 shots on goal last year. He's got over three shots a game this year. He's on pace for more than 100 shots again as a defenseman. Uh, like you said, he's more than a point per game pace right now as a defenseman. So they're going to rely on him to bring the offensive side of the game. But also, I mean, if you're playing. 
22, 23, 24 minutes a night, you can't be bad in your own end. You just can't, or you're going to get exposed. Uh, and I don't think he is. I, I think he's, it's something that he's worked on. Like you said, it not, is not a bigger guy. He doesn't have to rely. He can't rely as much on that physicality. He's got to rely on, on his hockey IQ and his wits. And I think that we've seen that grow, not even just this year, over the course of the end of last year too. Uh, and it's going to make him a well-rounded player as he looks to the next level. He, you know, and I think an opp- potential opportunity for him to play at the World Juniors for Team USA. I think that's going to really, you know, give him another boost as well. I thought he should have made the team last year. That's on my own personal preference, just because I thought he's more reliable defensively than some of the other d men that they had there. And do you think he's a player because he's on the smaller side? He's gonna he should play three years and not go not turn pro the end of the season, but play one more year and just get bigger, a little bit stronger. Uh, I don't know how much bigger he's going to get, but certainly stronger and a little bit quicker only because the minute you get into the American Hockey League, it's tough sell. It is. I mean, it is. It really is. He's a guy that I think you're right. Uh, Another year, a third year would do him well. I think the guys, the guys that can go and have success after two years are really, I mean, it's the physically mature guys. You're going to have you're going to have like the total caveats every once in a while. Like, look, obviously, Conor Bedard's not a big guy, right? He's going to be, be just fine. Uh, so you've got like the guys that are just a generational talent from a skill standpoint that they can make it work. But generally speaking, I think it's the guys that have a little bit more size and strength that are going to do well if they've got to spend that time in the AHL first. Yeah, 100%. So uh, once again, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate the insight about the drafted prospects in college hockey. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio, but we'll be back right after these important messages.